everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of Bruisers Breakdowns and Beards. It is Monday, February 15th, 2021. I am your host, Michael Reed. I'm Kevin. And as always, with Mike and with Kevin, is the hair metal heartthrob, the one and only Dallas Cade. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Are you freezing? Yeah, it, yes. It, it, is, it is. Yeah, it's cold. It's pretty hot-like outside, more, more so than I remember <laughs> It's quite a, a while. It's a brisk negative three over here that feels <laughs> like it's with the wind. It feels like a negative 26. So, yeah, it's, Dude, it's a I little heard bit something chilly. crazy like Dallas is going to get below freezing this week or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already going to hit with never snowstorm. happens. The the entire state of Texas, every county in the state of Texas is under like a weather or like a winter warning. As oh, today. I'm sure Texas as is losing never... their shit because they don't know oh, what yeah. to do. <laughs> Yeah, because they're not they're not set up for it. Yeah, they they don't have the salt trucks and shit like we do around here. Exactly. Um, so fellas, I I think I'll start off by asking the the most important wrestling question of the week. Uh, how are your holes doing? <laughs> oh uh, boy. All right, the holes. My hole. Right? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, social media darling Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, One boy. minute everybody hates her work and and oh she's just terrible and the next minute like everybody's just she says something and everybody loves it but yeah the her screaming my hole just I took off like a rocket ship for like yeah. three days it I did. mean I was sharing them with with both these guys I kept finding like people were remixing it into songs and shit it was oh man yeah there was somebody who yeah freestyled it like freestyled it over the beat and then there was also like. Uh, Botchamania, Matthew went to town or whoever like did that. And they did the Bart Simpson angle where he was on Krusty the Clown and he had his like one oh. line and there was kind of like the rise and fall of it. Cause like everyone <laughs> didn't care for him. And then all of a sudden they love him again on social media. And then, <laughs> then he's back. To, it's going to, it's going to die in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah. I don't get, I don't think, I definitely don't think it, um, the internet's going to love her, but they're definitely going to love using the material that she has presented them yeah. with. Yeah. This beautiful, perfect nugget of meme do you think the wwe are going to capitalize on it and have a shirt that just says nia jacks my hole nope <laughs> my hole 316 uh, you know no. I, I, I thought <laughs> she could start calling her fan base like jack's holes oh or jack yeah jack's holes jack's it holes. sounds like something out of jacksonville though <laughs> that seems right? like a bunch of jack's holes AE, uh, yeah aew already has the monopoly on jacksonville related yeah uh, <laughs> sorry naya wrestling yeah but no oh, man <laughs> holes oh oh man so i think b- before we really get started we have to kind of recap the week that we all just endured i mean on top of us all trying not to freeze to death here that's true the last seven days have fucking sucked it's been it's yep. been fucked up it really <laughs> has been so if you remember from our last episode we recorded mere hours before the super bowl started and so optimistic I know I listened to it on Tuesday when we when KCPN, you know, aired our uh, episode on Twitch. And I'm like, you motherfuckers with your hope and dreams of even having a competitive (laughs) chance in this game. Holy shit. That was a terrible fucking experience watching that Super Bowl. Like, I kind of remember last year's. I I mean, you know, they were losing for for not most of the game. They they started off with a lead, but like first half. Yeah, it was it was a. you know, I don't know. I never felt like they were out of it. And this one from the jump, it was like, they, they, nobody, everybody was dropping passes. Everybody was like 
committing stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. It, it just, they never got out. They, they, like, <laughs> they were just shooting every part of their foot off. Um, and for poor Patrick having this, you know, <laughs> turf toe, like he needed it, like removed. But that dude, I, I will say this, for, for as bad as the team played, and for all the stupid hot takes that have come out since then, like Patrick Mahomes played his ass off and like other players around the league, at least are like, yo, that dude is nuts. Like they even showed, you know, uh, the inside the NFL, they, they always do the audio recordings of like the, uh, the sidelines and all the on the field noise that you don't get to hear during a game. And at one point they were, they were playing the Buccaneers sideline. I think it was Chris Godwin. It was several of the, the receivers were like, Yo, that dude is nuts! Like yeah. those, throwing those passes, and then people tweeting out during the game. They're like, "That's magic! That's pure right. magic!" Yeah, what man. he's doing. That one where he was literally diving and still yeah. threw it like horizontal. thirty yards and hit the receiver in the face mask. I lost my shit, and yeah. then I lost my shit immediately the next second when I realized the receiver didn't catch it. Right, and that's how that night went. It was like uh. Matt. He was, you know, the other stat was that. Uh, he ran for 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Just throughout that whole, I mean, which is by far the worst that any quarterback has ever had <laughs> yeah. to during the Super Bowl. It's uh, almost like when you have an entire patchwork offensive line and you're facing a really good pass rush, uh, you can't get any of your offensive rhythm going. Yeah. Even if you're Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, Hey, yeah. who knew? Yeah. Take care of your so, own line. I mean, that shows, I, and I, I tweeted it and I still feel this way. Patrick Mahomes played like he was playing for the Bears that night. Like he got drafted to the Bears because the Bears have had some amazing quarterbacks. And I will say that Jay Cutler has a fucking rocket for an arm and he would have been amazing had they had the O-line to support him. And that night we got to see that Mahomes is Mahomes is fucking great, but he still needs a, uh, an O-line to you know help him out. It, it just yeah. shows that like no matter what, I mean, you so can have Tom the best Brady, quarterback. So does Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. Does Russell Wilson. Like you need your O-line and you need a strong O-line. And it obviously the patchwork showed that we couldn't do it. And it, it really screwed it. And yeah. everyone else dropping there's every single ball people, for no there, reason. Yeah. 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 There, and there's some people that after last week, I will never even give the time of day to talk football with ever again. <laughs> yeah, of how been... stupid they sound just yeah. because they want to rub it in. Chiefs fans face that oh Patrick Mahomes got exposed bro clearly you know nothing about football if you think that that game was on Pat I sorry Patrick clearly (laughs) Mahomes Mahomes. was playing despite our team doing terribly not causing our team to play terribly yeah he did what he could man like I really I much respect him he really did more than he could yeah they're like at least three or four of those throws. I don't want to make this a freaking 15 minute start talking about the Super Bowl, but uh, a handful of those throws. I had no, there was no way any other quarterback was even attempting that kind of a throw. Mm-hmm. And he was hitting dudes on target. Yeah. Yep. It's, they just weren't catching him. Underhand, overhand, tossing, throw, like on he, the way to the ground. Yeah. Getting was... tackled, spinning. <laughs> still unbelievable it was it was just it was wild to see that stuff and it was one of those things like you thought it was that just shows that it's a you thought things were storybook because you're like oh that's way too perfect not to fail oh they dropped it and it's like damn it that sucks because like it seemed like it was mad it was like movie magic the way he was fucking working that field when he could when he'd get those throws off 
and then just no one caught it. It was like they just <laughs> it it was a Disney movie and then it was a reality movie. <laughs> yeah, that that was oh man, just all game. Last oh, yeah. year, last year we had the Run It Back tour, but this year we got the Revenge tour. Yes, I hope. I man, I'm I I want to see those fuckers again. Like all the yeah. shit talking that Tampa Bay has been doing since that game has just pissed me off to oh, a not level. Just Tampa, of like, dude. I have. Like on Facebook, Raiders fans by far the worst. They've been the yeah, worst. Out yeah, of the, they've been worse than Brady fans. They yeah. have been Raiders fans on my Facebook have been worse than the Brady fans. <laughs> Apparently, they've, they've been worse all around. You guys see Pat McAfee went off today on on Raiders like fans, Raiders Nation, today? Or whatever. Yeah, today. What did he do? Uh, he just I'll I'll send it to it. He specifically was calling out like like we have Arrowhead Pride and as right. our like. Uh, SB Nation Chiefs yeah. website, which they're really awesome. Um, you know, the, the Raiders have whatever shit show theirs is or whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there there are several like blog, fan blogger types and I, I specifically I know like Raider Cody, I think is his name or something. And like he got called out specifically by Pat. Um, I'll I'll share that clip with you guys after we get done here. That shit was hilarious. Hell yeah. Um but yeah, it was just man. I it, love Pat. Just fucking fucking sucked. It was just. What else Pat McAfee was tweeting about? He called that swerve last night. <laughs> yes, he yeah. did. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a sec because that that has some some far reaching. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see your guys' takes on that. Yeah. Um. But that was that was just the beginning, kind of for for Chiefs fans. I think it was late Monday night or, or early in the Tuesday. Uh like cheese fans we like we lost two like mm. really popular and important people kind of to the team and our community uh relatively quickly with each other the first that was announced was marty schottenheimer who was basically my basically my first chiefs head coach i think i started watching the chiefs in like 86 like like the year before when when they were really really bad and then when marty and carl peterson took the team over that's kind of when most of Kansas City started paying attention to the Chiefs again, um, but he had passed away. He'd been battling Alzheimer's for for a couple of years now, and he was one of the, one of the best coaches in the league to like not appear in a Super Bowl, which is so unfortunate. But he, I don't. It's hard to say what what Marty did, what Marty and Carl did for the city of Kansas City, making the Chiefs like a you know a huge event almost year round. Like even even now, you know you know, the draft and all the other, all the chiefs related news is still like a big deal around here um, all throughout the year. But I mean, the, the red Friday, the, the tailgating and uh, you know, the arrowhead atmosphere, all that stuff that, you know, they didn't have before that we still have in a lot of ways can be attributed back to Marty shot especially like the hatred for the Raiders as, as <laughs> previously mentioned here, like, I, apparently, I didn't know that was all the way up to Lamar Hunt. Like Lamar Hunt, as the owner, couldn't stand the Raiders, uh, can, and Marty really. kind of instilled that into the rest of the team. And like Raider Week was this huge rivalry week and a big deal. And like no matter, not that any Marty teams really were bad. I think some of the worst they were were like seven and nine. Uh, if I, if I remember correctly, somebody will will you know point point me in the you know more accurate, but just off the top of my head. 
they were always like a really awesome playoff team or just missed the playoffs or really awesome. And just like they were never, they weren't really historically bad until after, you know, those, some of those mid two thousands teams and mid to late two thousands uh, and early in then when 2012 and all everything fell apart. Um, but uh, yeah, there was certainly a big deal that, that Marty Schottenheimer passed away and, and uh, you know, he'll certainly be missed. And then the other one was um local, uh, start out as a columnist, but uh, Therese Paler, who was a local reporter, he was the one of Yahoo's senior NFL writers. Um, he had been the Chiefs beat writer for I think it was four or five years up until 2018 when he got the promotion to Yahoo Sports. Uh, but because he still lived in the area, he he would still go to like he was still a bit of a Chiefs insider. Like you know, if news wasn't real until Therese reported, like that's that's the kind of guy he was. Mm. Um, he was, uh, I, I listened to his, you know, Yahoo NFL sports podcast or football podcast for, for a while now. Um, you know, he was a big deal locally. He was a huge wrestling fan. He, when he worked for the star, he called himself the people's champion. Uh, <laughs> but then when he got the Yahoo job, he called it, he changed himself to the corporate champion. So, <laughs> nice. you know, like if you'd meet him, he would, and especially if you started talking wrestling with him, like he would just click on, he was, uh, you know, he grew up like in Attitude Era wrestling, so that was always the. And obviously, The Rock was a big deal to him, so he like talked that a lot. Um, I never got to meet him personally. We, he and I, did interact some on Twitter, wrestling related, and 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 uh, like we actually he he followed me on Twitter after that, uh, which was cool. And I had I had hoped to have him on the show this summer when we weren't talking football. You know, when football had kind of died down, I like wanted to try to get him on the show uh just to talk some wrestling and, and shit like he was a like a really was a really good guy he was a really honorable guy he had he had like a personal code he had integrity and everything like he was well respected all across you know NFL media i mean you saw sports illustrated was kind of honoring him the chiefs put out a thing honoring him the royals the same thing um so it was uh it was hard he was somebody who i I looked up to and respected and, and especially for, for kind of his personal values and, and then for his love of wrestling. Like I, I really, I really enjoyed him. I'm, I'm, I, it, it messed with me emotionally. Like I, I'm really going to miss him. And it's crazy because he, they just put out a show on Monday. He was, that was like their Super Bowl wrap up. Um, and then Tuesday morning he was gone. So it's, it's just really that was an emotional thing that messed with me mentally because just anytime somebody died, he was 37. So he's younger than me. Um, and you know, to lose such an important voice and there's, if, if you've not read any of Therese Paler's work or anything, I highly recommend going and looking it up. Um, I, I believe it was Sam Mellinger of the star, uh, shared a video that I guess they, they, when he worked, for the star, they had this after game post game special that they air on Facebook and uh, Sam posted the link to the one that they did after Patrick Mahomes, first game uh, that comeback win in Denver uh, several years back. And just, just the excitement and enthusiasm because he loved football. Therese was all about football and was just very enthusiastic and passionate about it. So to get to see Pat Mahomes, first game, and see him go off the way he did and just kind of what that meant for the, the team going forward was, was really cool. So um, I won't dwell on it much longer. I just, I felt 
compelled to really say something because he was somebody that I, I highly looked up to. And, and uh, again, as a big wrestling fan, like, you know, it, it just, there's, there's, it's just sad. There's, there's so many things going on in my head at the moment, just thinking about it, but I'll, ultimately I'll say is just, it's, I'm going to miss his voice. Like I, I I'm really going to miss him. So, um, you know, that's, that's a tough blow for us here locally. So like, all in all, it's just, man, it's been a tough week to be Kansas city and not, not worse than any you know other place. It just, it's just been a shitty week. And then on top of that, to get the, the, cold weather blast that America's getting. It's, yeah. you know, hitting us all here. So, Man. so we're all like bummed out and now stuck in our houses even worse than, you know, the, the pandemic has already put us in our houses. So yeah, it's a, uh, it was a good thing. There was some wrestling this weekend. I'll put it that way. It was glad. I was glad to actually watch a little bit. So take your mind off of things, right? It was much, much appreciated. So, um, I, th- I think that's kind of the, the big theme of our show this week is going to be talking about uh, the NXT takeover that happened mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. So aptly called Vengeance Day. Vengeance. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, guys, what are your what are your opening thoughts about how I mean, I skimmed through it. I didn't get a chance to watch it in its entirety, but I think both of you did. And both of you have chastised me. Uh, understandably for not having watched the whole show. So, I mean, it tells me I missed a good one. Oh, yeah. It's NXT. You're always getting a good show with it. Yeah. I mean, like, their takeovers are always top tier, you know? Like, I mean, say what you will about every, you know, like the whole WWE is a product. When it comes to pay-per-views, I know that I can go into it not knowing anything, but still going to know I'm going to have a good time. And this one was no different. I didn't even know there was an NXT pay-per-view until we decided to record Monday. And then you guys brought it up. You're like, oh, we could talk about that then. And yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dude, I got caught up on the last like month, maybe a month and a half's work of NXT uh, specifically for the lead up to this because I knew that the Dusty Classic was going to build up to this. Uh, I knew that they were doing like a women's Dusty Classic for the first time this year. So I was like, all right, you know, plus it was, it's NXT, it's takeover. So I was like, I need to get back. I need to get caught back up on NXT. So uh, I did that over the last week or so. And then watched this show last night. And I took notes. I have notes. uh, My man. They're probably, they're probably, I'm probably going to have to paraphrase a bit because I (laughs) I feel like if we're trying to keep our hour runtime, then I'm definitely not going to be able to get that into it Mm -hmm. um, for each, uh, each match. But yeah, I did kind of, just as I was watching, take my uh, my thoughts kind of unfiltered. Uh, I haven't gone through it since last night, but um, I did put some stuff here. I'm definitely going to miss some of it that I wanted to bring up. Maybe I'll have to, I don't know, try a different system uh, next time. That way <laughs> I can kind of condense it a little bit. But uh, yeah, I did take notes. But uh, Kev, I'll let you start off when you're with uh, talking about the show at large. I mean, over Sorry. overall, it was a great show. Um, I mean, it started off with uh, Shotzi. It was, uh, what was it? Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. And uh, who's... Renee Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez. Okay, Raquel. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a great start. I mean, once again, I mean, you get, you're going to get Shotzi out of the gate. She put on some pretty amazing moves. Like, the whole match as a whole was pretty damn amazing. I can't remember anything off the top of my head now because, like, from what I saw was great, but I was making dinner. 
while this was going on as well. Because mm. because it, it starts at like 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm I'm already you know at that point I'm. Yeah, I heard it was starting, something. and I was like, "Oh, this is it's early." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was early for an NXT or for I don't any. Think there was any pre-show matches? I don't, I'm not sure because I guess I, I, I know they're so because NXT doesn't do pre-shows, so I'm just like, "Oh mm-hmm. shit, here we go!" Right into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. or if they ever did, it was they were only like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it was really quick. Um, yeah, I, I I I did watch this match in its entirety. Um, of course, Shotzi and Ember Moon. Just coming out on Shotzi's tank is just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. God, and, cool and, and, I'm never tired of Shotzi's tank. No, dude. never. I just, God, every time I see it, and I've said, I've said this a dozen times on the show. I feel like I just, it's personal for us. It is a little <laughs> like, bit. Like we, anybody that saw so her at Journey, everybody like, having yeah. it out at Kansas Hall. Like, and granted, it looks like they've given her something a little bit bigger and more personalized. They upgraded the shit out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. they really did. They, it actually they, shoots. It's fucking awesome. They got like smoke machines on the back instead of like uh, strobe lights. Like what? What is? What is it called? I'm showing that I'm clearly not a car guy. Uh, that like tailpipes or whatever. Exhaust kind of like exhaust. Mu- yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I don't think that I don't think mufflers go on a tank, but like she has like smoke machines on the back that are supposed to be kind of like tailpipes. Oh, like you know what I mean? Pipe, like yeah. if a car starts fucking revving its engine or whatever, it has like. Mm the yeah. layers that shoot out of the Shotzi ruining the environment. <laughs> yeah. It was like the, right. those trucks. Remember back in the day when those trucks would out like purposely like spew out like hot, like black smoke into the air. Mm-hmm. That's Shotzi. Uh, yeah. But I, the point I was trying to make is that Shotzi's tank is fucking awesome. Yes, it is really awesome. But yeah, continue Mike. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing they, they just basically took the Rusev's old tank and just kind of stripped it down. Yeah, reconstruct really strip it down <laughs> really yeah just just to the seat in the cannon that's all that's left honey i shrunk uh, shrunk rusev's tank <laughs> so that was the, that was cool to see as always especially like you said now that now it's been outfitted to, to actually shoot um but yeah i in this it's pretty crazy to see raquel gonzalez now i saw her mm-hmm. several years ago at an nxt show in dallas which of course, with her being from Texas, was a big deal. Um, I can't remember who she was tag teaming against Kyrie Sane and someone, maybe Amber. No, I don't know. Uh, oh no, it was Ty, she was tag teaming with uh, Tanara Conti, who's now in uh, AEW. Awkward. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, well, yeah, it's just crazy to see how far she's come along, you know, in several years. So it's, it's pretty cool. She's now kind of like their big muscly badass in the that was kind of the division. big takeaway from yeah. this one for yeah. me was like i felt like i think i saw something different than everybody else did from this match because a lot of the immediate feedback i saw um was that this was a was like everybody loved this match a lot um i don't think i loved it as much i think sure. um in terms of man i guess both women's matches kind of got i guess were kind of like the week or two on the card um, just because of how it shook out. I think there was, I, I saw something that there might've been a weird, they had to call an audible um, with time for the women's triple threat later wow. on in the, in the show. No, it makes sense. I don't, I don't know like how much truth there is to that. Obviously I wasn't there, but um, I mean, that would kind of make sense a little bit because uh, it did feel short, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. Raquel seemed to be the like, they were really trying to get over 
Raquel, her size, her strength, yeah. her power, the monster, uh, of and it, how much yeah. of an advantage that she has over everybody else, especially like as a tag team with uh, Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like I don't, I don't, I don't know how long any of the matches were, but it seemed like at first um, it was real weird because they worked Dakota's leg for like seven or eight minutes, <laughs> yeah. and like she was getting like false tags like oh she's she's working towards the tag and then they pull her back to their corner and i was like this kind of feels like role reversal going on a little bit yeah right then and then she tagged and raquel ran like a bump and feed and then like cut them off and then they started putting heat on them and i was like this this is kind of (laughs) weird and it kind of felt that way the entirety of the match like as i and i I think it's because I'm seeing it through the lens of like a wrestler and not just like sitting there trying to enjoy the show Mm -hmm. because that was kind of the same uh, thing that kept happening throughout the entire match. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a weird choice. Like, yeah, uh, just some of the flow Mm -hmm. and how they decided to go from one thing into the next, some of the, transition and the way they kind of went from point a to point b seemed a little rough um and a lot of the ways that it felt like they were trying to have raquel get over as like the big monster was by no selling stuff and Mm -hmm. just taking over Mm -hmm. and it 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 just felt really weird like there were a lot of small things that i think not a lot of people would have caught like uh they were on the outside one Mm -hmm. time ember moon like kicked her and she went into the stairs ember moon goes to get back in the ring raquel grabs her ember moon gives her a few kicks to break her off she gets in the ring and raquel just immediately chases her in like what was the point of throwing her into the stairs and then kicking her off of you a second time you know like stuff like that it just felt kind of weird and i don't know i don't know how you know the agenting process and putting this together their matches goes there I have no idea, um, but I would assume that that has something to do with how they kind of put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the story, the the idea was there. I just think that it kind of got jumbled up in execution, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it was like they all the all four of them did good stuff. Like they all are capable of good work, and they've done good work, and they did good stuff in this match. But mm-hmm. I think. It, they just something about it. They didn't put all the pieces together completely. Like I didn't get the full picture of the image on the puzzle. You know what I mean? I feel you on that, but it was, yeah, still a good match. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel winning, I thought was probably the better idea. Uh, Shotzi still what a year, a little over a year into her NXT run mm-hmm. less than something like yeah. that. And Ember Moon just came back uh, not too long ago to to NXT. She came out of an injury or something. This had and to Dakota be one of her Kai best Raquel, matches since she's been back too. Yeah, and uh, Kai and Raquel have been together for over a year ever since Dakota went heel um, at mm-hmm. War Games a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, so it made sense, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who they end up uh, competing against for the women's tag titles. I mean, right now, it's... I don't. Th- it's Nia Jax. Yeah, right now it'd be Shayna and Nia, and which would be awesome think... because you get to see Raquel versus Nia. I think that would be. I think that's what kind of like they want to lead You're gonna, up to. I don't, heel versus heel, though, they don't do that a whole lot. Well, but like you said, it 
a lot of the a lot of that spots in this match seem to be pushing them kind of in the other direction, at least yeah. as far as for for Raquel and uh, Dakota. Mm-hmm. I don't see, and I've missed a lot of Dakota's heel run, and I'm kind of glad I have because she just doesn't. She's just like she's so fiery. Like I don't like her being evil. <laughs> it's just not. I don't know. I and also I don't feel like her move set is. I, I do want to say this and, and kind of in tying into that. I maybe it's just the NXT way of, of things, but it's also having seen them both on the indies. But I do feel like they're slower than what I'm used to seeing. Just like Shotzi and Dakota like I don't know what in this match, it's just like some of their movement was slower than what I'm used to seeing out of them, especially Shotzi, because I mean we saw her and her te- you know tag match at, at uh uh rise above and then you know you guys you guys got to see her for the um, like her match with Jeremy Wyatt and and uh, that was awesome. Her, you know, I she just she yeah, she moves she pretty fast, Wyatt. right? Yeah, uh, and I don't know. It, and again, that's probably just NXT training or whatever. I just felt like she moved a little slower, and even Dakota moved a little slower than what I'm used to seeing out of them. Hmm. Um, for whatever reason, that was just something I noticed. I'm like, the, just the flow of this match, they're just kind of physically moving slower than I would hmm. think, but that, that that's just a timing thing. And that's yeah. probably more my stupid observation. Than, yeah. I'm still than, not super used to seeing Dakota be a heel just because I thought she worked so well as a baby face. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I understand why they, if they were going to make her a heel, this is how they've done it because this is and this is exactly why I felt like Kai and Raquel would have been the favorites to win, is because Dakota's so good as a wrestler, uh, psychologically as well as physically, that she can get whatever point across it is the match is trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Like she would uh she'd be down and she'd be taking her beatings from Ember Moon and Shotzi. And then she would go to Raquel and Raquel's the difference maker. Right. Um, and she, she knew how to like little, very small, very subtle things. I didn't put down a whole bunch of them in my notes. I didn't, I didn't like write down um, anything exact that they did in the match, but um, because a, she knew how to help them get Raquel over Raquel's like a newer face to the, to the television product. So she's still like getting her TV reps in uh, so she can help them do that, and she can also help Raquel make the jump as a regular uh, television presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she, because she's been around for what fifteen plus years, something like that. She's she's been around a long time, so um, it definitely makes sense to have them go with the veteran experience that she has and the monster that they have in Raquel. Mm-hmm. So, um, all in all, it was, I mean, it was a really good match. Like, no, I don't have any general complaints about it. Um, God, what was next? Uh, was that Gargano the, and Kushida. 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 I, I, I hate to admit this, but the, that was my first time seeing Kushida actually wrestle. So it felt um, like it, huh? Yeah. And I, somebody on Twitter pointed out, like he's been in NXT for like two years and that's only his second, uh, takeover match. Wow. 
um, which is crazy. Well, he's had so, he's had at least he's had a little bit of injury. Uh, he's had a couple injuries since he showed up, I think. So, so the uh, Hideo Itami effect is what we're getting here. Is like superstar Japanese signing gets hurt. Um, <laughs> oh God. I, I don't mean that as a knock on starting him. Starting to look just, like I'm, it. No, I'm you're right. Starting, I see the know, similarities. Now, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know the big thing with him was the, at least before he got signed, and what I thought was cool is like the the Back to the Future gimmick. Like it was, I, I again, I don't know much about him, so uh, I just know he's he's had like cool entrances and stuff. And then seeing him in this, I felt like they've muted a lot of that, which is unfortunate. Um, but that seems also very NXT from for me. So. Hmm. Um, and then again, Gargano, I don't know. That's I have the first such thing a, I put down. I know exactly what you're going to say. And it's the first <laughs> thing I wrote. Well, I just, I have such a love for like what Gargano and Champa did and their, their run as DIY and then their feud against each other. As does that, everybody. <laughs> that him running a faction. So seems, weird. It seems is weird. It's so weird. And him yeah. doing it as a heel. Yeah. I don't, so weird. I don't get it. And in light of what happened later in the evening, I think it's even a little more perplexing. But I, you know, I'm guessing that's NXT's explanation for needing another faction. So hmm. um, I had to kind of skip through a lot of this match. But uh, one thing, I mean, so I'll, I'll let you guys kind of tell the story a little better on this one. I, one thing I didn't understand was at the point he was like, what was he like sending someone to go find Austin Theory? And like nothing really came from that. I think that was like before the show, or if it was like it was no, that was that was yeah, that, that was during, during his entrance. That was yeah. during his entrance. Yeah, it's like okay, cool. So does that mean there's gonna be a run in or something? And nothing ever really happened, which yeah. is cool because at least we got a clean finish. But it was weird. Honestly, that, I think that I was that's their way of keeping the faction out of the match because that was kind of the buildup. And um, this and this is why I'm glad that I caught up. Um, They've been doing this weird little subplot of the Kushida Gargano feud where every time Austin Theory would try to like they would every time that Gargano and his faction would try to use their uh, advantages mm-hmm. against Kushida, Dexter Loomis would show up and like <laughs> just and and just completely neutralize Austin Theory. And I I, I put down in my notes. I forget it's happening every single time until it happens, <laughs> which I guess is which I guess means it's working yeah. in the weird Loomis way because he's just such an oddball. You know, mm-hmm. you you never see stuff like that in wrestling, mostly because it typically doesn't work. But I'm still for whatever reason, it's charming enough that I'm still willing to give it a chance. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> like they they cut back to Gargano and the faction you know warming up and about to make the entrance and i was like why are they doing this mm-hmm. and then as soon as i thought that i see the hand and like austin theory just kind of goes ah! <laughs> I, I like i started laughing and i went oh yes of course <laughs> kidnapping it was, it was so good. I, Dexter why Lewis. wouldn't he and I, then gargano kind of sends them to go look for austin theory and i'm like okay that makes sense because now there's not going to be a run-in or anything and that along with how they kind of opened up the match really spelled it out for me that they were going to give the that they were going to give it time Mm -hmm. and because they they really wanted this to be like uh 
technical wrestling dream match, you mm-hmm. know, Kushida and Gargano. And ah, I don't know. It's it's there's a number of things that get tied up into this with Gargano being a heel, which is weird. Gargano running a faction, which is weird. And them presenting this as like two masterclass technicians putting on a technical dream match, which is weird given the context. Because if Gargano is a technical master, why does he need a faction to protect his title? And if he needs a ti- if he needs a faction to protect his title, why is he being presented as this technical master? Like, ah, it just doesn't like. Why is he even a heel? Why is he the first yeah. thing? The first thing I have written down is why is Gargano still in NXT? What is the point of this faction? And <laughs> what if they are going to go with this? Why is the, why are they presenting the match in this light? Mm-hmm. because and i love that they let this match be the kushida showcase it's exactly what they needed to do yeah. especially since when he showed up everybody was hyped about it nothing like nothing's happened up to this point so now that they finally got to the match that they've been building let it pay off and it did as far as the wrestling goes this match was really good mm-hmm. yeah like they 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 threw in a whole lot of kind of like that, that little something extra to the fundamental wrestling that they were doing mm-hmm. and right off the bat made it very obvious what the story was going to be. Kushida's going after the arm and yep. then Kushida is staying on top. Gargano can't find his footing. He snaps Kushida's neck in the ropes. Now Gargano has his target and he's yep. going to stay on Kushida's neck. And every time Kushida would get going, even after he started coming back, Gargano would go back to that neck. Mm -hmm. I still think that the way they finished the match was a little too clean for what I would have done if I was in their position. Because if if this match was, despite Gargano winning and defending the title, this match was all about Kushida. Oh, yeah. Um, and, And so to kind of keep that, theme i would have probably done something a little dirtier um but the way they did it where gargano did that slingshot over the top rope ddt he did it to the outside and then he did it again on the inside that was cool that made sense uh because he'd been working kushida's neck for like 25 minutes they had to go at least 25 minutes in this match um but yeah in terms of the wrestling really good stuff in terms of gargano and his position in the like in the show it's kind of it's still a head scratcher but at least they can still use them for matches like these right and maybe it's a, a vehicle to push uh you know indy hartwell and and austin theory a little bit better maybe that's the easy obvious explanation but it still doesn't make sense why gargano would be the one to use them you know True. True. like Cause what? Cause what? What was the cause of his heel turn in the first place? Was it being NXT champion again? I think so. I mean, it was something to do with. I, I thought it was kind of when Champa had the belt, and they tried to do like a a, a double turn at one point, wasn't it? I, I, it's been so long since I watched NXT, but I remember because Champa's like title run, he was like now, yeah. super super heel, 
and you know Gargano was trying to get his revenge, and then of course Champa got injured again. I think that kind of derailed some of that. Yeah. But I feel like then Champa came back, kind of as a baby face, and they worked together a little bit, and then you know uh, Gargano turned on him. I think is is at least how I remember. Yeah, it. that's how it went. Because then it was like Gargano was the heel, and then uh, yeah, Champa was the. Baby and then they face. they and then they briefly got their main event or the main event, their main roster push that got. That's right. They showed derailed. up a few times and then they went back down. And, and then yeah. it's like when they showed up, they were both like baby faces, like nothing in NXT had happened. And then yeah. they go back down for a little bit. Yeah. So, that was weird. Cause they yeah, showed up with ricochet and then who else showed up on that run? Cause they brought in like oh, six Alistair NXT Black. guys in one Alistair night. Black. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They brought in a whole okay. bunch of people at once. Yeah, and yeah, those yeah, two yeah. were the only ones I think that went back down to NXT. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. It kind of feels like Gargano's kind of just like in there still for mm-hmm. some he, reason. Yeah. Don't really know. Um, and maybe it's just that, you know, Gargano and Champa, because at the, at that time they were doing a lot of like, you know, NXT loyalty talk and like NXT because, because they were trying to do the whole NXT is the main roster now. Yeah. And NXT is the third brand because they were moving it to USA and all that stuff. So maybe that was kind of their way of making NXT look presentable or credible. Legit. Yeah, because I mean, that's when they brought shows. back Charlotte. They brought Charlotte back to NXT. Yep. They had Kevin Owens back in NXT. Finn Balor, obviously. Finn Balor, who's still you champ. Yeah. yeah, so they brought people back to NXT for those yeah. ratings, and some of them stayed. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's I good. Just, I like the developmental stuff like that. Like Tyler Breeze being able to go back and be like be fucking it's cool amazing for the guys yeah but yeah. like in terms of the product it's like why is gargano still here yeah yeah he's he deserves... done everything you know i just i bet you that that main roster call up was probably vince looking at him like he's too small and it's yeah. like and what the okay. hell is ricochet doing up there he could fly he could do flippy shit <laughs> he can do flippy shit i don't know man i don't know i mean it uh, i like gargano is great but I cannot buy he and Candace as heels. I can't. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Especially Candace. It's, Candace is it's a heel. So, is really weird. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> the, the <laughs> dynamic that, that he has with Theory is like funny, it's entertaining. And some of the like little mannerisms that Gargano does in his segments as a heel are like funny. But I don't know. I don't want my heels to be funny. Yeah, you know he's not I mean? menacing at all. Like and, and I mean, exactly, I how Chompa, the hell Chompa is Gargano that, like, going to be like? Because at first, when they did like him versus Keith Lee, when Lee took the North American title off of him, mm-hmm. they they kind of found interesting ways to make Keith Lee look like some kind of an underdog. Mm-hmm. But like Keith Lee next to Johnny Gargano, it's so one sided. Yeah, right. It's like you know who the underdog is. It's Gargano. So like, what the hell are we doing? It's mm-hmm. it's a head scratcher, man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, Gargano ends up retaining. I I did like the spot where they were up on the turnbuckles and jumped off, and Kushida flipped it into an arm. He did that Spanish fly-looking thing and landed in the crossbody. Yeah, I put that in my. That was that was pretty awesome. (laughs) There was a lot of really good like submission. They did so much good stuff. So much groundwork. Like so much folk going back to their focal points on their body parts. Oh, Mm -hmm. it was so good. Yeah, yeah, they're both really really good. Um. So next up was the was the men's Dusty. Yep. Classic. Yep. MSK Final. and Grizzled Young Vets. 
Uh, yeah, that was I again. I've not watched a lot of NXT, but when I saw grizzled young vets, I was just I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah. What I really it, it was like, "Oh man, they really miss the revival around there, don't they?" Oh, they're, they're trying to make the revival. Oh, that's mean. Maybe that's and so I don't mean. I don't know anything about this. Zach I just, I it's mean, Drake though. It's yeah. mean because I've seen all the stuff that they've done over in the UK. Like uh, Campbell and I would watch. I think we watched the first UK takeover on the road back from Anarchy back at Blizzard Gate, and like Grizzled Young Vets versus Mustache Mountain for the tag titles was so good. Like, oh man, I'm gonna break this down for you. Okay. Uh, Zach Gibson, uh, while he's a good mouthpiece, he's also like phenomenal at like fundamental being in the right place at the right time getting exactly where they want to go um doing exactly what he needs what needs to be done at that moment in the match he's so good at that and james drake is um very very similar in his aggressiveness but every once in a while and he did it in this match he pulls something out that like makes you go oh shit like his 450 yeah that just comes out of nowhere um and stuff like that these two are so good Mm -hmm. and i knew as soon as i looked at this match on paper i was like man this is the styles matchup this is going to be msk being msk doing Mm -hmm. the innovative high octane very intense offense uh versus grizzled young vets who are going to be more purist they're going to stick to their tag team fundamentals uh they're going to stay on top of them, try to suffocate them, not let them get their momentum going. That's exactly what it was. And they did it so well that it made it look like it wasn't as simple as it was. But man, this match was so good. Mm-hmm. Especially the spot like, with, uh, what was it? The Grizzled Young Vets hitting the Doomsday Device slash Suicide Dive. That was dude. crazy. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great... Because tournaments and tournament finals are like one of the easiest ways to give it that big fight feel mm-hmm. is to take all the stuff that you saw them do to get to the final, only turn it up a notch. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, it and the Doomsday Device is a perfect example of that. Um, where instead of coming off the top with the clothesline, dive through the ropes onto the outside yeah. to take him out. That was and awesome. man. Because it's the same move, but man, does it look that much worse. Yeah, because yeah, it's, you know, it's on like a concrete, you know, it's it on the outside. Awesome. Um, and they, they, they knew exactly when to get back to their double team offense. Mm-hmm. Like they would kind of, so GYV would be on top. MSK, whoever's in the ring taking heat at the time. They start building up momentum. They build up momentum. They get that separation, which is huge for them and the way their offense is uh ordinated they've got to have separation so that they can use you know they can get that running start into their next whatever they'll tag boom 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 they'll start coming back uh take out one take out the other then they start doing some of their double team stuff some of their uh unique tag moves uh doesn't do it they'll try to stay on top gyv will use uh, some kind of just great tag cutoff 
where one of them's getting one of them is getting beat up by MSK, and in the meantime, the other one is setting up to either, uh, you know, put the brakes on them, take one out so that they can focus on the other, whatever, and they just did that in multiple different ways, especially in the latter five or so minutes of this match. This match was really really good for uh and great there's great tag stuff like if you want a great if there's any wrestlers out there that want a phenomenal modern tag team psychological match this is it it's really really good mm-hmm. i agreed mm-hmm. we'll definitely uh, shout out man to oh. they they see a lot of money in msk yeah i was gonna say giving them the first win I, that was the weird thing about um you know, Dakota Kai and Rachel Gonzalez winning the first women's uh, Dusty Classic. For you know, I just think anytime you have a first, that sometimes the the winner has to be kind of a um, a big deal because obviously they're they're historic and they're setting the tone. Um, and I I think that MSK is enough has enough history as a tag team. You know, obviously coming off the the indies and whatnot, but which they talked about a lot. Yeah. They really put over so, the fact that this is a well-known tag team with lots of experience together. And, and yeah. they're not the first ones obviously to win, but I, I felt like there's, they're the first that, ones to make their debut in the tournament and then right. go all the way. Um, them winning it. And it, it's, it seemed like they put built them up during the, the match to make them winning this, this huge deal that I don't think the women's match had. Um, right, exactly. You know, it, it didn't have that historic feel to it. I mean, they kind of mentioned a few times that it was the first one, but I, I that's where I almost wish Ember Moon and Shotzi had won because I think at least with Ember Moon, she has the kind of clout that would be the historic right first win for them. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I thought that was I, I felt unfortunate that I I think the storyline prevailed over the tournament, which I, I know we can we can argue that. Um, you know, I, I think the tournament should be its own thing sometimes and let storylines come from that versus right. letting storylines dictate how a tournament goes. It's apples and oranges, but whatever. That's just, that's just my two cents. Yeah. I, like, I just, it, and that's the thing with non, especially non-title tournaments. Like, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of like finding that delicate balance between that, that delicate balance, pardon me, <laughs> between using the winning of the tournament to make um, talent and having the right talent that give winning that tournament, the prestige. Sure. Kind of like how undisputed era, you know, uh, DIY, you look at the list of tag teams that have won the dusty classic and you're like, okay, winning this clearly means like something you're a big deal. This means something. This is like meant to elevate you them using them using that as MSK's introduction to NXT as a product, it makes you think, oh, wow. Like, looking at the guys that have won this previously, MSK is, like, the real deal. Mm -hmm. And they also showed that with the fact that they won, what was it, like, four, six matches in a row to win this tag tournament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with the women, because you don't really have the history to look at, yeah, you've got to make sh- like at the very least, I'm glad that they made it a team that people have seen together on TV a lot over the past, you know, long yeah. period of time, um, because that obviously puts emphasis on the fact that 
they are an actual tag team. They are an actual unified front. You can't just stick a whole bunch of odd couples together mm-hmm. and, and, you know, one right. like an odd couple tag team is going to win every year. Right. I think in the, how many, how many dusty cup winners have there been like five or six, six or seven. I don't know. Something like that. I feel uh, like four or five, yeah, somewhere around five, that. One or think. four or five, only one that I can think of. And that was last year have one, only one of those winners has been an odd couple tag team. And that odd couple tag team, I think was like Pete Dunn and Riddle or something like that, where ever since then, the tag team division in NXT has kind of been in this transitional rebuild kind of phase. Mm-hmm. And now with MSK winning the Dusty Cup, it's kind of like, all right, this is the new era of NXT tag team division. Yeah. And and I mean, credit to somebody at WWE wants tag teams to be acknowledged and recognized <laughs> and is trying and somebody higher up in WWE is trying to push really hard against it. So that's that's my hope, at least, that maybe we'll start to see. Because there, there are, especially on the indies, there are a lot of women tag teams that, you know, given the opportunity to shine on a, a grander stage, can help elevate that in uh, an entire division of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not that the men even have much of a division right now, but there's a... Like you said, we we had a legitimate tag team group win this tournament on the men's side, whereas the women, because it was the first, uh, you know, iteration of this tournament, and they don't even really have a women's tag division, it was a lot of these, like, clamored together teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that'll, you know, the, I hope it's seen as successful, and I hope that means that maybe they'll start investing in some women's tag teams uh, going forward. Uh, so... I, I will have to confess, I did not get a chance to watch any of the women's triple threat um, t- title match. Well, uh, except except for the spot that Tony Storm went to go mess with the table, and the table <laughs> just—oh, it was so bad. The, the table took the spot too soon and just imploded on itself. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. So bad. Yeah. Um. um yeah, and it's funny because we're running, we're starting to run a low on time. So just like the That's tag team, to... <laughs> just like the triple threat, apparently we have to cut short for time, and then we're going to really cut That's short. That's fine. Balor. There's not a lot to talk about with this match, to be honest. It was a little bit. It was weird. I like even my wife noticed that Tony Storm was a bit slow, or at least like she, even like she said, like she didn't feel like she was selling it well enough, which is weird to see Tony hear that about Tony Storm, mm-hmm. but like to hear an outsider's kind of point of view, like saying that like. All of this I know is fake, but that looks fake, you know, and it seems right. like Tony Storm and had her moments like I that think, last night. I think this was because of the time issue. I think that uh, they probably did have to cut some stuff yeah. in the back right before they went out and they were trying to escalate it to the point where they were like, oh, here comes the finish. And they kind of uh, maybe cut something. No. that maybe they, sh- they like they should have cut some of the stuff that they didn't instead and mm-hmm. left some of the stuff they did cut in because it felt like the finish was out of nowhere like yeah. tony storm hit her finisher mercedes kicked out and they just no they just buried tony storm's finish and i was like what the fuck is going on here mm-hmm. right like and then uh mercedes was covering her or something and then io shirai hits a moonsault off the top and that's the that's the finish yeah. it's kind of like huh that was weird Yep. Like I never felt like the stakes and the anticipation ever got any higher than when the bell first rang. Yeah. And, but I mean, that was, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't want to like sit here and bash the match or anything too much because personally, I felt like this should have been Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. Agreed. In, and in in watching all of the buildup in the past few recent editions of NXT up until the takeover, Mercedes Martinez felt like a third wheel the entire time. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were giving her this title match just to be like, okay, well, you took 20 years to get here. Uh, we're signing you. We have to justify it somehow. Here's a title match at takeover. Whereas the like in her promos, in the buildup, it only made sense. Tony Storm is the only person we've seen really beat Io Shirai like on a big stage and Io Shirai has gotten way better since then. Mm-hmm. So is Tony storm. So like the match is Tony storm versus Io Shirai. So for them to have done the triple threat and throw Mercedes Martinez in there, I was, I kind of just was like, eh, yep. I can see that. Yeah. And that's, that's, I feel bad for Mercedes in that instance. Cause it's like, it, 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 I mean, you're, I think you're absolutely right. It's like they were throwing her a bone, just putting her in that match, which rather than giving her like her own feud or her own uh, opportunity. It was just, she was kind of like added to it. So, yeah. um, which is hella unfortunate, but I don't know. I, you know, we, we do have WrestleMania coming up and there will obviously that'll be the next takeover. Yeah. There's going to be a lot. Of maybe that, maybe that's them. where Tony and, and EO get their one-on-one, but I, you know, I do wish I would like to see more out of Mercedes Martinez while she's there. Yeah. Cause it's not like they have as much time left with her unless just their intention isn't to turn her into like a performance center coach or something mm-hmm. really quickly after this. So the last match we could probably talk about, but it's not worth talking about until we talk about, I guess the swerve at the end. Cause that we're not going to have enough time to talk about both. <laughs> I mean, before we do that, you know, shout out to, uh, doubt, Dal- you know, Mrs. Dallas dropping off a shamrock shake. That's love. I got a shamrock, I'm, boys. I'm going to have to go get these things. Holy shit. I didn't even know these were out yet. They're not the same as they were when I was a kid, but, like, I remember being obsessed with oh, shamrock dude, shakes. are you kidding me? I love these things. <laughs> uh, they're more toothpaste now than they used to be. What? Yeah. Dude. I haven't had one in a while. Maybe now that they are the, they got the, the whole McCafe set thing. My mom had these almost every day the entire month they were out when she was pregnant <laughs> with me. So that's 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 our justification there for why go. I love them so much. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, I heard you guys, them. you transitioned to the main event. And before we get into that and the segment <laughs> that happened afterwards, um, I do want to shout out the Cameron Grimes uh, music video oh, that yeah, they made. That because weird. Cameron Grimes is one of the best things on NXT right now. And it's not that he's not good because he's awesome but he has no reason being as good as he is on tv right now <laughs> like did you did you guys see the uh the promo he did last week on nxt no i saw the like music his big video, return though. and oh well you gotta see the promo because it basically that's it's what it's how we got to that music video that you saw at takeover was like cameron grimes went away for a couple months after wrestling zombies with dexter loomis or something like that <laughs> it was weird and he came back. He was like, yeah, you know, I was training. I was rehabbing, but I wasn't doing that all the time. So when I wasn't training and working out, I discovered video games. And I thought, hey, man, video games are pretty fun. So I thought, man, how can I how can I put my money into video games and invest into these video games that I love so much? So in my search for new video games, I found this place called GameStop. Oh. <laughs> And the lights hit a little bit different in there. And I just lost my shit. <laughs> so basically, he bought GameStop stocks. Then, 
after making all his money from his GameStop stocks, he thought about how much he loves dogs. And he found this thing called Dog's Coin. And uh, he put the luckiest his GameStop man. money in Dog's Coin. And he made even more money. Dogecoin. He showed up to NXT in a Lamborghini. And he was just throwing money out to every single crew guy he walked past. Man. It was so funny. Cameron Grimes awesome. was awesome. Um, That's hilarious. And then before the main event, LA Knight is now in NXT. Congratulations, LA yes. Knight. I'm, I'm super so, stoked for that. I'm so frustrated. They like so many people. Like, what's the rule for who has to change their name and who doesn't? Like, give me the, the just that hard, is a little fast weird. Yeah, Eli Drake would have been Eli Drake, yeah. but it's fine. I. And this is the first thing that I thought of all of his best promos. Cause he's like a huge, he's an amazing promo. All of his best promos from NWA came from stuff that got over with the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. like he started the yeah thing and then the crowd would kind of reciprocate it. It was all interaction based. I hope that that doesn't become a detriment with the whole fact that we're not really doing real crowds right now, but I mean, I think I have faith in Eli Drake because if Eli WWE awesome. has their way, it's going to be sooner rather than later. So they're going to be able to use them that way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, they went two years with Kushida and <laughs> given him barely. This is true. So I right. mean, I, I know we got to stay. Yeah, we're times, over on but... time already. So it's going to be hard. Fuck, I want to talk about this main event so That's much. Right. Next I, week, I everybody. We, <laughs> no, I think if we get we could probably get a good 10 minutes, probably pass. And I think we'll be OK. Yeah. All right. Well, let's I'll, guys, I'll, I'll t- I'll take the L. So I I can't talk about how much this main event just oozes my shit. Like this uh, this match no is such okay, not feces. This I'm talking about my like, shit. Dallas K. Yeah, there you go. Tag That's tag a quote line. right there. It's very quotable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it on a shirt. Stuff like that that's, is exactly that's our, that's what I was worried about Dallas when starting this pod. That's your WWE shirt. <laughs> Let me see what. I first thing I put on my notes, I can't believe we're using this first time ever match in front of no one. Yeah. That's Big true. sad for that. I like how they um, were like, Oh yeah, they've been they've been missing each other in Japan and America and England. Like I like how they were like ducking each other or whatever. Yeah, I, I was real I was real skeptical of that too. I was like, Is this really the first time they've ever wrestled yeah, each other in a match? Not. But like I don't know. The way they kept talking about it, I was like, Oh, maybe it maybe it is, but if mm-hmm. it's not, I'd love to see uh any prior happened. Oh, Pete Dunn is super young, since. so maybe. I mean, I could see that. He is that. super young. Yeah. He's they they mentioned on the show he's 27. If he's, he's 27, 27 Balor was in New Japan by the time he was maybe starting out. So yeah. I mean, I couldn't picture Uh yeah, Balor was in Japan since like 2009 or something like that. Yeah, and Pete Dunn in 2009 was 17. Oh, so he'd been around already. Oh, not even like 16 or 15 at that point because I'm thinking like what 2021? 2021 minus what you said, uh, 20 or what am I? I'm just doing random math. Let's just get into the match. <laughs> That's some Steiner math going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, right no, there. except like, completely like wrong. 33 and th- third months ago. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, they do the promo before the match and, you know, everybody's got to talk their shit or whatever. And it's the same promo we've probably seen for the past week or two on NXT. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're used to. Um, done throws the one-liner out there about Finn Balor being a geezer with a glass jaw. <laughs> I did not expect that to be the entire fucking story of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He literally worked Balor's jaw. When was the last time you saw somebody work a dude's jaw? 
Yeah. I mean, that's English wrestling, man. There was this all kinds Fucking of holes. Amazing. Like, gosh. And this is the stuff I love about Balor's match. This is why the two he had against O'Reilly were amazing. This is why he's putting together, like, by itself, a career-making run mm-hmm. as the, you know, with this this NXT championship run. He's having, like, 30-minute matches where half the match is just wrestling, mm-hmm. like like mat wrestling and grappling and holds. And do you know, like they? I can probably count the amount of bumps these dudes took on my hands. They did not do a ton of shit. Yeah, but boy, did it feel like it. Everything felt earned. Everything felt, and this is the same kind of stuff I saw in in small instances with people like Guiv. Every every hold, every reversal, every counter is they work for it and it's earned and you can see and feel the struggle. And it makes those moments where they actually do start hitting moves and throwing big strikes and, you know, fucking clotheslines and punches and chops and running across the ring and slams into the corner and off the top rope, mm-hmm. all that shit. It makes it so much bigger when you have opportunities like this to take the time to establish what the story is and build to that stuff so that it organically escalates to where you are starting to hit your fucking power bombs and your coup de gras and snapping fingers and Mm -hmm. fucking Balor passing out to get the rope break, (laughs) which was nuts, man. I could do an entire show on this match. (laughs) I really could. It was a good match, but, but since we have one more thing to cover, yeah, I won't do that. No. So obviously, that the was the biggest news coming out of of the the uh, takeover. Which I love that NXT does the thing where they bring up the little like, "Thank you for watching Chiron" thing with like the copyright and stuff, and that's when shit happens. Which that's an NXT the staple at this point. Yeah, uh, that's a staple. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it's they've done it a ton of times now. So it's I I just I chuckle every time they do it. Uh, but of course, you know they they end with. Um, it was Oni Lorcan and who else was it that came it out? Oni Lorcan and Timothy Thatcher. Okay, Danny Birch. That's not Dan- Timothy Thatcher or Danny Birch. Whatever. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> he was he was something They're Martin when he wrestled champs. at Metro Pro. Yeah. He wrestled Jeremy Wyatt at Metro Pro. Uh, he did. Yeah, something I can't remember. It was awesome. Something Martin or Martin something. Martin Stone. Martin Stone. Thank you. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, it was. So they they come out after the match and, and attack uh, Finn Balor. And then the Undisputed Era come out and save Finn Balor. Um, and I guess Kyle was trying to offer Finn Balor a spot in Undisputed Era. If, is that well, how no. I was supposed to interpret that? No. I think it was more of a respect thing, saying, hey, yeah. we came out. And especially because uh, it was against, against... And you had to have watched okay. NXT to really kind of get it. Um, the buildup for Balor and Dunn was that Balor wanted to take out Birch and Lorcan first, so he needed a partner. And uh, Regal told him to keep your, you know, keep your enemies closer. So he went to Kyle, who he's wrestled for the title twice, and Kyle agreed to be his partner. So they won their match. They also have the two championship matches. So they have this like established history. Um, mm-hmm. O'Reilly and Balor, right? So, kind of like and. 
just seeing them look at each other on TV, you could like that tension, man. They really got that across really well. Um, so that's kind of what they were playing on there yeah. was that O'Reilly and Balor have this unique uh, relationship specifically between them. And because Kyle is Kyle, the other two were kind of like, all right, whatever you're going to do, you know, we're with you. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like on a shaky alliance with Balor until so but before i say that i will say bobby fish wasn't there i guess there's i have no idea why he wasn't um yeah i don't know some either pe- some people he on hasn't Twitter been were in, in, were he inferring. hasn't been for a while some people i think he Twitter might be hurt again hurt or i don't know i i saw some stuff on twitter like that he was kind of uh maybe he was at the capital stuff oh and, or tied to the capital stuff Perhaps, I don't know. Again, I, that could be totally, totally. Dude, I saw like, a tweet wrong. that Jericho's wife was at the Capitol. Yeah, yeah I saw, I that, saw too. that too, and <laughs> yeah. it was so. Oh, so yeah. Her her I, posts so are know. just as bad as you would think it was. Yeah, awesome. I don't have a way of confirming that's what it was, but I saw some people inferring that that's what it was. So I don't know. That's but, wild. So that, no, so that WWE's was, pretty tone deaf, so I feel yeah, like I was say, they put the title on him at this point. On TV. Yeah. True, but they also know if things get like too far over the line. That's they, true. They They've been know. keeping Velveteen off TV, so right. Yeah. So, but they still have uh, him, which is weird. So, not sure why he wasn't there. But yeah, Bobby that, Fish that is off weird. TV right now. Yeah, yeah. So obviously they they get up. Uh, they're doing their little undisputed era hand thing, and I guess it looked like uh, Finn Balor was about to do his little Bullet Club. Yeah, you see, well, that's his Balor Club thing where he is does the Bullet Club. Yeah. Okay. And so Adam Cole wasn't having that, so he just he <laughs> he super kicked the super shit kicked him like, you know, knocked him on his ass, and then Kyle's like, "What do you do?" And then he gets one a super kick as well. So yeah, and then Roddy's just standing there. Roddy's just shit. stunned. He's just puzzled. He's going, "Huh?" So I I'm I'm sure that's where they're gonna go with like Adam Cole just kind of being left out on the lurch. That's why I thought maybe that was like Kyle O'Reilly like taking rank and trying to offer a spot in undisputed areas. Oh no, I don't think that I don't was think, the case. I don't think that's where I'm they sure were going, not, but because it, I didn't hear, like, I feel like they would have made it more obvious than that. The commentary. Yeah. The commentary. Well, they, said it he kept pointing at his, they, they were wearing the, the zip up hoodies. He kept pointing at his undisputed era logo. Yeah. That's what made me think. Hmm. I don't know. Um, maybe he's like, we got your back or something. I don't know. Maybe. That's the way I interpreted it because once again, but, the previous pay-per-view it was war games and it had that, those two teams against each other. Right. So, you know, I could see why, you know, they would still kind of hold an alliance of sorts, or at least they want to go up against Oni Lorkin and, you know, it just, it yeah. makes sense that way. So I imagine that's like your NXT takeover main events going to be, I, I don't know. Finn will probably wrestle on the WrestleMania card because there's been some rumors that I, you know, that, that the NXT title will be on one of those two nights. The longer they, yeah, the longer they kind of hold off on who edge is going to face. I was going to say, I th- the more I think he might actually choose Balor. The prevailing rumors. <laughs> he might choose Finn Balor and, and that's his, which is his nuts. Title. Yeah. That, would that be immediately cool. escalates the of- NXT title. Yeah, I was gonna say, Ew. think of like Edge becoming an NXT champion. <laughs> like, what kind? What so kind of fucking funny, weird so GM cool. mode shit is this? Right. right. 
universe mode. Yeah, yeah, universe mode to the extreme, man. I love it. So, I, I love it. It's because I would rather see that shit than, you know, the usual, you know, like the usual dude, people with the titles. They're so not the really going to break up the UE, though, are they? I hope not. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm, I mean, with how much era. money the UE made them? Unless, unless Adam Cole's just going straight by, by himself. Like he's going to be, I, he's going to be in WWE by WrestleMania or if, after if WrestleMania. Watch, but then what do you do with the rest of them? Well, that's why, I mean, if, if Kyle O'Reilly's not getting called up right now, if Adam Cole is getting the why call Why the hell up, is he not? Then yeah. that's, I don't. Same with Roddy. I mean, Roddy deserves to be okay called up. It's confusing to me yeah. that they would even like, oh, I just, there's yeah. so many guys that are in NXT that don't need to be right now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if part of it is because they want to make it a third brand I don't know if another part of it is just because they have too many guys still like it's, you know, there's rumors that just came out today that like they they're signing two dozen was, new talent. Yeah. And it's like, why the hell did you let go of the 50 last year? If you're no going to bring in another shit. 50 less than a year later, right? Like, I just, I don't understand. But then again, I don't run a multi business. That, uh, so that uh, Ty Valkyrie is not not necessarily one of those 24 but she was it was announced that she signed she's one of those 24 with, yeah. with wwe over the weekend it's, it's so. 24 michael there this <laughs> yeah. you don't know <laughs> she, she may she may i who knows they should they you don't her. know they announced her <laughs> and then they announced like 24 signings so yeah i, I don't know i'm not sure what the, the plan no, is that made uh, me, i don't know why that made me <laughs> pop so big but it did <laughs> So, right. uh, yeah, it's it's uh, strange things are afoot at the the old WWE. There, so we'll see. At least NXT. Great shock ending. Yeah, yeah. To the takeover. So, yeah. Um, that's it. That was really uh, Dynamite hasn't had anything super crazy. Well, this Okada's week, coming Okada's to AEW. Gonna, yeah, or what, yeah, it could okay, be Okada is going to be at Impact or AEW, and it's like I was going to say Impact. That for next week, mm-hmm. we have more time. Yeah, I was going to say. Impact hey. is really that appealing to Okada? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <he's... laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I love Impact, but yeah, the thought of that is just, it's, it's especially after the last trip he made to Impact. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I don't. No. I was going to make that a bigger deal for next week because. I know. know. I, I don't like talking about, about that stuff while it's just dirt sheet rumors, but. Exactly. I, you know, oh, I no, that's officially. Something. I mean, well, it's official that he's going to one of the two. I mean, that's like. That's been announced. Oh man, like what a bidding war that's going to be, or just for an appearance. Who uh, knows? It just says Okada will be at. I th- I saw that he was going to sign with AEW. Yeah, no. that's I, th- I thought it was like a. What? Wait, he he's going to sign Japan. with him? No, he's not leaving New Japan for that. No. Well, I, that's why I thought leaving like for AEW would make some sense. Yeah. Yeah, make saying, anyway. you know, we, don't, okay. we don't know for certain. No, no, I think it's so just it's storyline with all the fucking marks will believe it. Yeah, I think it's just storyline with all the forbidden door shit that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. Ugh. I like Tony oh. Khan. I am the forbidden, forbidden doors door. That AEW has been breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I don't think there's gonna... a such thing as a forbidden door in wrestling anymore. Everybody's like, ah, who cares? Just kick it down, and everybody's like, no. I needed that door. Yeah, they're talking about a partnership between the three promotions, and this is. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, I don't, I couldn't imagine and New Japan letting him go. He is New oh, Japan. No. 
No, that's why that's why I was so skeptical when I saw it. I was that's like, okay, Japan's well, not thought, letting I mean, him go. If he wanted to make it in America, like that, it could be up to him to be like, hey, I want to go over there and yeah, but they would throw boatloads of money it and they're like, what's America? We can yeah, we can give you enough money to where you can buy America. <laughs> like, I mean, they they want him there. I know. Have you seen the stock market lately? Yeah, our stock market. They need him there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> the rainmaker himself. Right. We don't need any more rain. We need we need to get rid of the snow, but we got to wrap oh, up. They right? need all the rain, brother. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's. I think that's gonna do it for us for this week, uh, fellas. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? <laughs> no. Go make a snowman. Oh God. Want to build a snowman? I don't know. Do you want to build a snowman? I can't snake. I was gonna try to sing it. I'm like, no, no, no. Nobody wants to hear that. Come on, Mike. Plus, plus on, we Mike. don't need the uh, the DMC. I never see you anymore. I know, right? I'm out the door. It's like you've gone away. <laughs> All right, no, cut it. Mike, turn this podcast off. Mike, cut it. All right, folks. Uh, you know, thank you so much for, for listening to us this week. Uh, we will hopefully see you next week. And uh, I said that kind of honestly. I didn't mean for that to be as ominous as it sounded. Like, you know, whatever. All right. <laughs> Fuck you. Later, nerds. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzel.